right. Good morning, everyone. Give me a second. Oh, okay. You can hear me maybe a little bit better. All right. Glad to see everyone here. Uh, whether you're in person or whether you're online watching us, we are uh, happy that you could connect with us either way. We are going through a series about growth and how we can grow spiritually in our lives. So before we look into God's word, let's just say a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity and time that you give to us to study your word. And Lord, we pray that the seeds that are sown into our heart today, Lord, would be watered and that it would bring forth much fruit in our lives. Lord, we don't wanna be people that are just listening to your word and then don't do anything. But Lord, we wanna be people of action that step out in faith in obedience to your word. So help us this morning in Jesus' name, amen. So we looked at, for the last few weeks, we were looking at prayer and Bible reading and how those are two methods in which we can grow our faith. Um, today, I'd like to look at how personal ministry or serving also helps us to grow our faith. Uh, the title of this message is basically the, the thesis of this message. The title of the message is, As We Grow, We Serve, and as we serve, we grow. There's a reciprocal relationship here with growing and serving, okay? So as we grow in the Lord, automatically there should be a heart within us to wanna serve. And as we serve, what happens is that we start or continue to grow spiritually in our lives. Uh, as we start off this Christian journey, uh, God wants to lead us and inspire us and help us in service because that in turn produces more spiritual growth in our lives. I remember a number of years ago um, when I was in a particular church and uh, the pastor came up to me and I was, I was just a, a young adult in the church and the pastor came up to me and he said, uh, Daniel, we're gonna have uh, some special youth services you know, in, in, in a couple of weeks uh, because of the holiday season coming and he was like, Daniel, I want you to give the message. And I was like, what? He's like, I've never done that before. It's like, you want, hold on, you want me to preach the message? And he was like, yeah, I want you to give the message to all the youth that are gonna gather for this. And I was like, I've never done that before. And it was something that was out of my box. It was something that was very uncomfortable you know, uh, for me to do. I remember the time when I, I was in another, in another church and the pastor came to me there was a new person that had started coming to church and given his, uh, committed his life to Christ and he wanted to take baptism. And so the pastor came to me and said, uh, Daniel, can you uh, go and teach that person what it means to be baptized and do a Bible study with him? And I was like, me? Like, I've never done that before. I probably did enough research about baptism to write a doctoral thesis in preparation for that tiny little study that I needed to give him about baptism to prepare him for baptism, right? But as I did that, and as I was studying and preparing and trying to put this Bible study together, I was trying to put the message together, God was also growing me in my knowledge of God's word, in my relationship with him, and in how he also wanted me to follow him, reminding me about my baptism, reminding me about how I need to, as I preach God's word, also be obedient to God's word. And so, as we serve, God grows us. Now, even before that, I remember at the, as I grew up in church, I was running the mixer. You know, I was uh, helping to clean the church. I was helping with different events. And there were so many different things that I did in a physical nature that also helped me to grow. 
that also helped me to draw closer to Jesus, that helped me in my intimacy with Christ, even in just the physical things that I was doing in, in, in cleaning and in helping and running programs, all of those things really was an investment into my life. And as I served, I grew. So this morning, I want to just trace through a little bit of the life of Peter to see how Pe- through Peter's life, he grew in obedience to Jesus uh, and grew into a deeper level of commitment to Christ and a deeper level of service as well. Remember, when we talk about serving and personal ministry, it's not just the outward things that we can do. It's not just maybe Daniel standing up here and preaching a message or you teaching a Bible study or whatever or, or things like that. Uh, There are other intangible things as well, like prayer and encouragement, that maybe we might not see so much outwardly, but behind the scenes there's a lot of things that are going on that are also a means of serving the Lord that also stimulate growth in our lives. The first thing is that Peter's simple obedience led to a commitment to Christ. Peter's simple obedience led to a commitment to Christ. In Luke chapter five and verses uh, one to 11, we read about the story of when Jesus first called Peter to follow him. Peter was fishing all night and he was uh, trying to catch some fish with no luck at all. Peter was a fisherman. This is what he did, but he wasn't very successful that day. Then in the morning, Jesus came and he asked Peter, hey, I wanna teach the people. Can you just let me stand on your boat? So Peter allowed him to do that. At the end of Jesus' message, he told Peter, hey, Peter, just go out into the deep, throw your net down, and see what you catch. And Peter was like, Lord, I was fishing all night. I'm the fisherman, you're the preacher. I think I know what I'm doing here. There's no fish around here. But Lord, because you said, I'll do it. Peter went and cast his net into the sea, and he brought in a huge load of fish, probably like he's never seen before. And in response to that, Peter goes to Jesus and weeps at Jesus' feet and tells Jesus, Jesus, depart from me because I'm a sinful person. Depart from me because I'm a sinner. Jesus looks at Peter with loving eyes and he, sa- and he tells Peter, Peter, I'm gonna teach you how to catch people. Come and follow me. See, the first step here is that Peter did what he knew how to do in fishing, and God used that to grow Peter, because the first step in our relationship with the Lord is acknowledging our sinfulness, is acknowledging that we need him. It's acknowledging that we are desperately in need of him and his forgiveness and a realization of how sinful we are. And that's what happened to Peter in this first step of growth. Peter did what he knew how to do, which was fish. And God used that to bring Peter into a committed relationship with Christ. It was a simple act of obedience, but it caused something really profound to happen to Peter's life, that he forsook his fishing and he went and followed Jesus. Now, if it was you and me, that was probably one of Peter's biggest fishing days, right? And so when Peter's fishing business is booming, when Peter's time of catching so much fish, and he might have been thinking, wow, this is amazing, I'm gonna make so much money from this, maybe if I throw my net out again, I can catch even more fish. But instead of continuing on with his business, he leaves all of that and decides to follow Jesus. The simple act of obedience to Jesus caused Peter to leave everything and follow Jesus. It brought him into a deeper relationship. 
Do what you know how to do in obedience to God. It's called our natural abilities. We all have natural abilities. Peter knew how to fish. Jesus told him to fish, so he fished. And God blessed it. If you're a computer programmer, do that for the glory of God. If you're an accountant, do your job for God's glory. If you're a doctor or if you're a teacher, do what Jesus is asking you to do for his glory and let that service to him through your natural abilities draw you into a deeper relationship with him just as it did for Peter. Use your abilities and talents. For Peter, it was fishing, and then he left the rest up to God. Peter threw his nets into the lake and said, God, you, you, you told me to do it, I'm doing this, and then he left the results to Jesus. And in our lives as well, we do what God has gifted us and given us abilities to do, and let the results be given to the Lord. Let him handle the rest. Peter fished for years, but he probably never saw anything like that catch, right? That's because when Jesus comes on the scene, things are completely different. When Jesus makes his presence known, things are completely different. Can I encourage you today? Whatever God has given, whatever abilities God has given to you, natural abilities, right? If you know how to cook, cook for the glory of God, right? Whatever natural abilities that God has given to you, use that for God's glory. For Peter who was fishing, and God blessed it, and God drew Peter into a relationship with him. I'm gonna ask um, Thomas to come up here. Thomas is one of our young adults, and uh, Thomas came to our church a number of years ago and uh, gave his life to the Lord, took baptism, started serving here, and uh, so I've asked Thomas to come just to share a little bit of his story of uh, how he has been serving here at UAC and how that has been a blessing and an enrichment in his own spiritual life. So Thomas, can you tell us and tell everyone out there and those online as well, how did you start serving at UAC? So I actually started uh, serving uh, at Unifil Alliance Church is because I had a talent in coffee making. So, <laughs> coffee <laughs> so, yeah, making. A coffee guy. So yeah, so uh, just during this time, I was just uh, looking for opportunity to serve uh, in this coffee area. So I found uh, the Lord brought me to this coffee station where I can prepare the coffee and just prepare uh, just the table. and. Just throughout this time, it just uh, grew uh, me in hospitality, just knowing how to uh, deal with people friendly and greeting people. And, and this has grown me spiritually in the department of hospitality. And as, yeah, as I grew in that, and yeah, so I started to uh, have a heart for uh, the, the poor and the, and the sick as well because of my life experiences and of my healing and also on my work experience. So I was just looking uh, for a now serving opportunity and I found Master Pantry. And in Master Pantry, uh, clients come and have breakfast and also to take uh, pantry items like food and clothing and all that kind of things. And so yeah, so one day uh, I, I started to serve in coffee as you would uh, uh, yeah, so I started to serve in coffee and just serving coffee to these clients. But one day, uh, Nancy was not there to pray for these people for breakfast. So I actually stepped on my comfort zone. I think that's a really uh, stepping out of your comfort zone and just pray for people. I was afraid. It was my first time praying for people publicly. 
but I stepped out of my comfort zone and started to pray for these people. And this actually grew my prayer life and also grew in praying for people and also public speaking. It allowed me to grow in public speaking uh, as I share testimonials to these people and devotions to these people as well. Yeah. Thanks, Thomas. Thomas is out of his comfort zone here because I'm pulling him out here <laughs> to stand in front of you all. So thank you, Thomas, for stepping out of your comfort zone again. And if you didn't know, we have prayer after uh, when, this, when the pandemic happened and we did online prayer. And after every service, we have uh, a group of uh, our prayer team that's ready to pray online via Zoom. Do you know the, who the host of that prayer time is? Thomas. So if you want to see Thomas after the service, you know, he'll be there and, and he's helping to facilitate prayer that way as well. And so I've been really blessed to see how Thomas has grown in so many ways, starting with coffee, helping with Master's Pantry, growing in prayer, and now even hosting our, our after service prayer team as well. So Thomas, you've served in some other ways as well at UAC. Uh, what's another significant way that you've seen your life grow? So yeah, so I started to, as I served in Master Pantry, I started to have a heart for the lost, for, uh, for people that don't know Christ. So I actually uh, was looking for a sermon opportunity, so I came to Alpha. So in Alpha, I went through the course myself just to see how I can, like, how I can help people and the leaders uh, share uh, Christ through this program. So I went through the program and actually after this program I started to facilitate uh, discussions through this Alpha. And just through this time I actually um, yeah, grew in not only leadership but grew in the word as well. As I started to uh, uh, do small groups and all that kind of stuff, I just grew in the word because uh, I want to know the work, word correctly so I'm able to teach these people and facilitate the discussions and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, so out of all this, I grew in the word and, and I grew in prayers as well as I facilitate these uh, small groups and stuff. And this actually, as I really want to grow in the Lord and grow in the love of Jesus, I, this actually triggered me to go to Tyndale to learn more about the word to learn more about Jesus and just to know and learn more about the love of God in all this, so. Yeah, thanks Thomas. Can we get an applause for Thomas? So, pray for Thomas as he's studying at Tyndale as well and he's pursuing his master's degree there and, and we're blessed that Thomas can serve in so many different ways in our church. Thanks Thomas for coming up and sharing your story. Thank you. So, back to the life of Peter. Right? So we see that, that Peter took a simple step of obedience and that led him to a committed uh, relationship with Christ. The second thing is that Peter's radical obedience led him to a deeper faith. So not just a simple obedience, but a radical step of obedience. In Matthew chapter 14 and verses 22 to 31, we read about the story of Jesus walking on the water and Peter responding to Jesus' call. So Jesus, uh, he finishes feeding the 5,000. Uh, it's a really busy time you know, for Jesus and he departs to uh, a place to pray. He sends the disciples ahead of him, right? And the disciples are in a boat and there's a strong wind that's blowing and the disciples are, are there. Now, of course, a lot of them are fishermen so they might've been used to a little bit of this. Peter especially, he was a fisherman, right? But there's a strong wind and it's blowing the boat. And what happens is that Jesus comes walking on the water to see his disciples, right? Now, Peter sees this, and by now, 
Peter's faith has grown a little bit more in Jesus, right? Peter's seen Jesus feed the 5,000 people just with a, a, a few loaves and a couple of fish, right? Um, he's seen Jesus do miracles. He's seen Jesus tell parables, heard Jesus tell parables. And he's been following and learning from Jesus. So what does Peter do when he sees Jesus coming walking on the water? He sees, now just ask yourself, if you saw Jesus walking on the water, would this be your first response? Peter says, okay, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come out on the water as well. Probably not our first reaction, right? But Peter here takes a radical step of obedience that led him to a deeper faith in the Lord, right? I don't know, if, if it was me or you, for any of us, even if it was for five seconds you were walking on, on the water, don't you think that would affect your faith? If you walked on the water for five seconds, don't you think that your trust in Jesus would grow by leaps and bounds? Yeah, now later on, Peter, you know, he started out a little bit and he started to sink. We know the ending of that story. But regardless of that, Peter's faith grew deeper by just taking that step out of his comfort zone. Like Thomas coming up here. Thomas, thanks, coming out of your comfort zone, right? And stepping out to do something that is really not what you would like to do. So Peter says, Lord, if it's you, let me come out. He comes, and that in itself is a huge step. Many times when the Lord calls us out, when the Lord asks us to do something, it's something out of our comfort zone, as Thomas was talking about. It's something that we are not used to doing. So here's the difference. In step one for Peter, Peter did what he knew how to do, which was to fish, and God blessed it. He used his natural abilities, and God blessed it. Now here, in step two, as we're just tracing, there's a lot of different other steps in the story of Peter as well. I'm trying to condense this down a little bit, right? But here in step two, Peter is doing something that he doesn't know how to do. In step one, he's doing something he knows how to do. Jesus says, throw the, throw the net in the fish, okay, I'll do it. Now he's doing something that he's never done before. Peter was a fisherman, probably for years. I can guarantee you, there was never a time in Peter's fishing career that he was on the boat and Peter all of a sudden decided, you know what, I'm gonna step out of the boat and just, you know, walk a little bit on the water. Never happened before. But now, Peter responds and he does something that he doesn't know how to do. And that, in, when we serve, we need to be able to do things that we don't know how to do. When that pastor asked me, Daniel, can you preach a message to the youth? I was like, what? I've never done that before. Do a Bible study for somebody to take baptism? I don't know what I'm doing. I need to do some research here. How am I supposed to teach this? But those things stretched me. They grew me. And in our lives, when we take that step of faith, when we come out of our comfort zone, when we come out of the comfort of the boat and take that step out of the boat and onto the waters, when we take that step of faith, believing in God because Jesus is calling us out and challenging us and asking us and wanting to stretch our faith, to grow our faith, to build our faith, it's something that's not comfortable for us. It's not something that we naturally do. It's outside of our comfort zone. And the beauty of doing this is that it's not about us. It's all about him. And so if something wonderful happens, like Peter walking on the water, Peter's not going, hey, yeah, that's me. I'm the one that walks on the water. You know, I know how to do that. No. It's because of Jesus. It's because of what Jesus has done. Right? 
Sometimes we delay and wait until we're fully prepared. Let me tell you, friends, if God is nudging on our hearts and God is calling us and God is asking us to do something, don't wait till you're fully prepared because if you wait till you're fully prepared, you will never do what God is asking you to do. Radically obey and see how the Lord radically works as well, right? In the first step, Peter knew what he was doing. I know how to fish, but he saw God's blessing in that simple obedience. In the second step, Peter did what he had never done before, totally out of his comfort zone, stepping out of the boat and onto the water. Let's learn to trust him in the same way. I asked Pastor Verna if I could tell the story on her, and, and she was more than, she was more than oblige, obliging that I could tell this. You know, Pastor Verna served here at UAC for about 20 years, and she's retiring at the end of this year. And so when COVID happened a number of months ago, Pastor Verna's trying to finish off her, her ministry well here, and you know, last year here, wanting the camps to do, be really well, she even planned ahead of time to do an extra camp right, uh, this year, and really wanting to set things up so that she would have a wonderful last year. And then COVID happens, and everything shuts down. And within a week, Pastor Werner's trying to put together a children's program online. And she told me that that was out of her comfort zone. That was something she wasn't used to. And what she learned through that experience was to trust the Lord. That stretched her. That grew her. That helped her because now she had to do something that she'd never done before, right? For almost 20 years, she's been teaching children's ministries. She's been leading in children's ministries. And so she knew what she was doing and God helped her and God has blessed her with spiritual gifts and talents and abilities to do all of that. But now when COVID happened, she's in a whole nother ball game. Now she's stepping out of the boat onto the water. Now she's doing something that she'd never done before. Now she's out of her comfort zone. And she told me her faith grew because she learned to trust God step by step in order to do that. And thank God, you, you saw it in the videos. That video was great. Those kids, thanks Wallace family for that. That was a, that was a great video, right? And they love the Kids Online program and thankful for all of the volunteers, for, for Allison, our intern, and for so many others that have been helping and laboring to put such a quality program together for our children. We can serve God in ways that stretch us and pull us. We need to serve God in ways that are uncomfortable to us. We can serve God in ways that are comfortable to us. That's possible, we all can do that. But if we really wanna grow in our faith, if we really want to grow in our walk with the Lord, we need to serve God in ways that are uncomfortable to us because it will grow our dependence. It will grow our trust. It will grow our faith in God so that it's now no longer my glory, but it's God's glory. It's no longer what I can do. It's what God does through me. And maybe today you're here, you're seated here, or you're watching online, and God is tugging on your heart and God is maybe inspiring you or motivating you, or God has put something into your heart. Can I ask you, what is God asking you to do? How do you want to respond to God's call? Sometimes we can have great ideas and we want everyone else to do our great ideas. No. If God gives us an idea, if God has placed it on our heart, then it's up to us to execute on that. We can think of a million reasons not to do it, 
But God is asking us to step out on the water. God is asking us to do something that we're not comfortable with. Don't look at your inabilities, but look at God's ability. Don't look at what you can't do, but look at what God can do through you, right? And that's what God is calling us to, to a radical obedience that will lead to deeper faith in the Lord. Do you think that the people that led led Alpha, Thomas, when you led Alpha, did you know all of the answers to the Bible and all the answers to these tough questions that people are gonna ask? Probably not. We don't need to know everything to step out in faith. We just need to trust Jesus because he's there to help us. God wants to do something in us. And when we take that radical step of obedience, he's able to do that. We'll experience God in a way that we might have never experienced him before. Just do our part and commit the rest to the Lord. First Corinthians chapter three and verse seven says, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. So let's do our part in planting and in watering and leave the rest to God. He gives the increase. He does the rest, right? I'm going to ask uh, Lois Black to, to come up on stage here. Lois uh, has served here at Unionville for a number of years. Lois is actually a, a pastor's daughter, and uh, she has served in uh, church ministry in many different capacities over many, many years. And we're so blessed to have Lois and her husband Dave uh, with us here today, and, and they serve here um, at uh, UAC. And let me ask you, Lois, how have uh, you served the Lord and seen your faith growing uh, through your years of serving um, in many different capacities? Thank you, Pastor Daniel. You look at my age, you realize that there are more years in the rearview mirror than there are in the ones going ahead. So you think back to the years um, that you have been involved in the Lord's work. And I just think of um, many years ago when I was much younger, our kids were much younger, we were involved in Sunday school in a church, um, and I had a little group of four and five-year-old boys. And I just remember as I had to prepare for their lessons each Sunday morning that you had to dig into the word, I had to dig into the word and pray and ask God to lead and direct and show, what I, show me what I needed to pass on to those kids on that Sunday morning. They were just four and five. So you needed to break it down to little bites, little bits of truth. But in doing that, you prepare your own heart and your own soul. And the many lessons that we learn even in doing that um, we grow in our faith. We are stretched in many ways and often come out of your comfort zone as well. A few years later, I was asked to lead that group, and um, it was a big group. Those were the days of bus ministry. I don't know if some of you might remember those days when the kids all came in on these buses. We had 200 four- and five-year-olds in this department, and it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. had about 25 teachers that helped look after this department, some great workers. And it, that was another stretching time when I had to prepare another lesson, but that was for all the kids. It wasn't just my own little group of guys that I could get in touch with, but it was larger. So through those experiences, God uses uh, his will in your life if you're willing to be obedient and to be willing to be stretched and out of your comfort zone, as we've heard so many times today, um, to be used in his service in just some small way. And you don't know what the results are. None of us will know probably till we get to heaven what the results of the teaching in those little lives uh, were so many years ago and where they are today. 
Thanks, Lois, for being obedient to God's call for you and going from a small class of just those few boys now to overseeing so many teachers and, and children. That was definitely God stretching you, and, and thanks for being obedient to the Lord at that time. I know, Lois, that not only within the church world and church atmosphere that you serve, but even outside you know, of the church, God has used you and given you serving opportunities. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, a few years ago, probably quite a few years ago, after retiring from the um, school system, I decided, uh, probably I didn't decide, it was decided for me, to take a little part-time job in a funeral home. Chapel Ridge, probably lots of you know that it's a local funeral home here. And that had nothing to do with any training, anything I had ever, ever done before. But it was a real blessing uh, to me and it helped me to grow and to just look into a whole new way of life. And as you would minister, and it was a privilege, actually, to serve these families. As they came through the door, um, probably at their very lowest, not knowing what was going to come next, what they were going to face, the loneliness, um, you had an opportunity just to walk with that family for four or five days, however long they were around the funeral home, to help them go through those difficult days and to show God's love to many, many families. Most of the um, families I dealt with were Christian families, but not all of them. And those families you could show, not only by what you would say, but what you would do. Your actions often speak louder than words. And you could help to minister to those people and just walk with them through those days, help them to think, help them to make plans, things that come up that they never thought about. So that was a real privilege and a ministry that I never thought I would ever be involved in. But it's not hard these days, especially even with COVID, to find opportunities where you can minister to your neighbors, to your friends um, around, and there are ways that we can serve him. And I really liked your um, topic for your sermon today. As we grow, we serve, and as we serve, we grow. And that really is true in all of our lives. Thanks, Lois, for sharing that. Can we get a round of applause for Lois? I am inspired by Lois that, you know, as Lois has served for many years and many decades, Lois continues to serve here at UAC, and as she mentioned, there's so many avenues even outside of the church where we can be a blessing and use our spiritual gifts and talents to serve the Lord. The last thing, and I'll just conclude with this, is that Peter's faithful obedience led to him using his spiritual gifts. Peter's faithful obedience led him to using his spiritual gifts. Before I go on a little bit, I want to ask you a question, okay? I want to ask you, what spiritual gifts has the Lord given you? And uh, if you can just, you can use your phone, or if you're online, you can use your computer, just open up a new tab and go to this website, uachome.org engage, and you can just answer that question, what are your spiritual gifts? And I've given a number of examples. Here are some options. There could be others as well. And if you can just respond and put in what your spiritual gifts, at the end of the message, I'm just going to uh, put that word map up and see sort of where our congregation is on some of those spiritual gifts. But there are different things maybe that God blesses us. Now, spiritual gifts are different than talents and abilities, right? Spiritual gifts are things that are actually found and rooted in God's word. So there needs to be some scriptural basis for those things. And so we can see, for example, administration, discernment, evangelism, exhortation, faith, giving, healing, knowledge, leadership, mercy, miracles, shepherding, prophecy, service, teaching, wisdom, helps, hospitality. There are various things that we can see in God's word. 
Uh, you can find some of them in the book of Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians 4, which we read a little bit in the scripture reading that Colin read. Um, so there's a variety of spiritual gifts, and so I'd like to hear from you what your spiritual gifts uh, are. Now again, spiritual gifts are different from talents and uh, uh, natural abilities. So I'll give you an example. Somebody can have a really good natural ability to cook, right? And they can maybe cook wonderful food, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're hospitable right? Because hospitality is a spiritual gift. Now you can combine the two together. You can leverage your natural ability to cook and leverage that with your spiritual gift of hospitality and make some delicious meals and give them to people in their time of need, right? And so you can connect them together, but they are, they are distinct, okay? And, and in our life groups this week, we'll be talking a little bit about that, about natural abilities and also spiritual gifts. So back to the story of Peter here right? Peter, in faithful obedience, used his spiritual gift. See, after the, the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, see, Peter, before Jesus died, he denied the Lord three times, and he was really sad and discouraged about that. But after Jesus rose again from the dead, he called Peter, and he had this conversation with Peter and said, Peter, do you really love me? And Peter said, yes, I love you. And then he said, Jesus said, can you feed my sheep? And, and Peter said, yes, you know, he'll do that. And there's a longer part to that whole conversation, but that's the essence of Jesus still telling Peter, hey, Peter, I still have faith in you. I still, I still trust you, and I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to lead my people. And so on the day of Pentecost, fast forwarding to Acts chapter two, and in verses 14 to 41, we see how the Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost and empowered the disciples that were there. The Holy Spirit empowered them and filled them and gave them spiritual gifts, so much so that Peter, on that day, he stood up and preached a message that 3,000 people gave their hearts to the Lord and committed their lives to Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a really good teaching gift right? 3,000 people getting saved after that message, 3,000 people accepting Christ. Peter was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Peter was going to the Old Testament. He was quoting verses from the Old Testament. And he was saying, hey, this is what the prophet said about what happened. And he was doing all of these. This was a fisherman quoting Old Testament verses, putting everything together and making this beautiful message where people respond and say, what do we need to do now, Peter? And Peter said, repent and believe the gospel. Believe in Jesus, right? You can see the growth that Peter had from an unlearned fisherman being with Jesus, stepping out in faith in obedience to God, ultimately here using his spiritual gifts in Acts chapter two to step up and lead God's people. Because remember, in, in, in faithful obedience, Peter followed Jesus. In faithful obedience, right, Peter used his spiritual gifts because Jesus told him, Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, feed my lambs. And so on the day of Pentecost, when Peter was empowered, when Peter was, was filled with the Holy Spirit and he spoke and he taught with that spiritual gifting that God had given to him, and there was a huge and wonderful response. Peter went on to become an amazing tool, empowered by the Spirit to do great things for Jesus and for the kingdom of God, right? The Christian Missionary Alliance has a vision prayer and it goes like this. Oh God, with all our hearts, we long for you. Come, transform us to be Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, mission-focused people, multiplying disciples everywhere. Spirit-empowered, 
Peter on that day in Acts chapter two was spirit empowered to use those spiritual gifts in faithful obedience to Christ and lead God's people and feed God's people and feed God's lambs and feed God's sheep. And that's what God is calling us to do in simple, in, in faithful obedience to use our spiritual gifts. Can we just take a look and see what the response to some of those, uh, see what the responses are to those spiritual gifts? Uh, you might have to refresh that page maybe. Oh, there we go. All right, so we see a few different things here. Administration is the, is the biggest one. And then we see other gifts there like teaching and service. So the more number of responses that people gave for some of these, the larger the word is. So the, the, the biggest response is administration, service, helps, prophecy, um, serving on the tech team, uh, exhortation, counseling, hospitality. So many different things that people have. And I want to encourage you to take that spiritual gift that God has given to you and use it for the glory of God. And if you need some help, you know, we would love, love to speak to you, speak to one of us on, on staff, and we would love to be able to uh, walk with you on that. If you're a part of a life group, talk with your life group members, talk with your life group leader, and see how you can leverage your spiritual gifts for God's glory. We need to just surrender to the Lord. Like Peter did on that very first day, when he answered the call to leave everything and follow Jesus. I wanna close with this verse in Acts chapter four and verse 13. This is after the day of Pentecost. This is after, you know, Peter preached that amazing message and 3,000 people committed their lives to Christ. Peter ends up going with John to the, to the temple and there was another healing that took place and, and the religious people of the day are up in arms. They're wondering, what's going on with this? Who are these people doing all of these things? Who are these people? operating in their spiritual gifts. They didn't say that, operating spiritual gifts. They didn't know about that, right? But who are these people, right? And you see what it says here in Acts 4. It says those religious people, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, where did that courage start from? I think it started when Peter decided, I'm going to step out of the boat and step on the water. I think it started when Peter said, I'm going to leave my comfort zone and follow Jesus. I think it started maybe when he said, I'm gonna leave my nets here and follow Jesus. Do something radical, do something different. So when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that what? These men had been with Jesus because Jesus makes the difference. He makes all the difference in our life. I'll ask the worship team to come and prepare as we sing our final song. Jesus makes all the difference. It needs to be less of us and more of Jesus. Less of Daniel and more of Jesus. Less of who we are and more of what he is to us. Respond to the call of God as Peter did, in simple obedience, in radical obedience, in faithful obedience, and see what God will do. Do what we can, and leave the results to the Lord. God bless you.